Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Van Maren Show on LifeSiteNews.com. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today we have a discussion with a pro-life leader from a country that most of you, I'll bet, would not guess if I asked you to try. Now, those of you who have been following along with the show for quite a while will know that we've had discussions with pro-life leaders from all over the world, from Ireland, from the U.S., of course, uh, from Austria, from various European countries. Uh, on my blog over at thebridgehead.ca, I've also had the opportunity to write quite a bit about pro-life groups in Africa and Asia at lifesitenews.com. I've written a lot of columns covering the blue movement in South America and Latin America and all the phenomenal work they're doing there. But I recently discovered that there is now in the country of Iran a pro-life movement that is slowly developing and seeking to confront the people of Iran with the reality of what abortion actually does. I knew that abortion was illegal in Iran, but like most of you, I suspect, uh, my knowledge of Iran was primarily almost exclusively confined to the realm of, of foreign policy. Uh, my degree in university focused primarily on Middle Eastern history, so I had to do a lot of research into Iran and the Islamic Revolution and, of course, more recent events and, and how the West and Israel have interacted with Iran. But I had never done any research into the issue of abortion in Iran, and I guess I hadn't thought much of it. Uh, currently in, in, in Iran, abortion is... Illegal in most circumstances, except where the mother's life is in danger or severe fetal abnormality. But I, I had not suspected that abortion is far more common there uh, than one might would one might suspect based on what the current law is. And so I'm part of a, a group where a lot of pro-life leaders from around the world swap ideas, keep people updated on what's going on in various countries. There's always all these cool pictures of marches for life going on around the country or around the world, pardon me, all these different campaigns that are being launched, billboards, events, those sorts of things. And uh, a young fellow who is currently attempting to get a discussion started in Iran, not only about the sexual revolution that is beginning to take shape behind closed doors, but also the fact that abortion is becoming increasingly common uh, due to that, started sending pictures of some of the things they're doing in Tehran right now, the capital of Iran. And I thought this was just fascinating. And the group that he's with has, has focused actually on putting out films, documentaries, kind of examining a, a wide range of issues with regard to the sexual revolution. And I really wanted to talk to him to get an idea of what they're doing there and where they hope to go. And so the organization is called Rescuing Dreams International. You can check out their group on Facebook. You can check out their group on Instagram. They're, they're sort of uh, on all the major social media platforms, including YouTube as well. And they have some really interesting stuff there. I found it really fascinating to see. And so anyways, I hope you find this as interesting as I do. But here's my conversation with a young pro-life activist from Iran and all of the work that they're doing there. So maybe we could start off by you introducing yourself uh, to to our audience, kind of um, let them know who you are, where you're from, all of that. This is the first time we've ever had somebody from Iran on the podcast, and so there will be a lot of people curious as to what your background is all about. First of all, thank you for having me, and hello to everyone listening. My name is uh, Mohammad Hassan Sadek Zadeh. Uh, I'm a pro-life activist uh, in Iran. And uh, to give you a view or general view of how uh, um, my activities began, I studied engineering in uh, university, but I was always very interested in uh, issues of uh, society, culture, and uh, mostly things like, um, well, family issues, 
issues of uh, sexuality, issues of uh, sexual morality in society. And um, one of the issues which I face in my, in my life was how, on one hand, well, Iran has a conservative background when it comes to sexual morality, but on the other hand, uh, in the past years, in the past decades, uh, the issue of sexual liberation uh, was being promoted, the issue of uh, sexual revolution and uh, more uh, sexually liberal ideologies were uh, being promoted from people in universities, in the, uh, from the media, from the, the art groups, many uh, groups which uh, usually in most societies, they are the vanguards of um, promoting uh, sexual liberation. And of course, uh, from many um, media channels and um, television networks, media networks from outside of Iran broadcasting into Iran. This made me interested in this issue. And since I was very interested in media work, uh, I joined a group which were also interested in these issues. And uh, they were actually uh, producing a documentary about the history of the sexual revolution uh, in the United States. And, and I joined this team and uh, together we made the, this documentary. Um, uh, the documentary was named Sex Tsunami. And we released the documentary uh, a couple of years ago, uh, in, uh, back in 2019. It gave a, a full history of the sexual revolution and it became a huge hit in Iran. I think it was the most viewed documentary of that year. One of the issues which we covered in that uh, documentary was the issue of abortion. And the subject of uh, uh, one of the people we interviewed had an abortion and gave us uh, the um, story of their own abortion and how painful it was and how the sexual revolution was intertwined with the uh, rise in abortion legalization and rise in abortion. And first of all, how that affected un unborn children and society as a whole. And so after uh, we released Sex Tsunami, we uh, began on a, a more focused issues for, and we started uh, actually making some more documentaries, which were basically subjects uh, related to sexuality and family issues. And the first of these which were released was a, a documentary um, which ended bleeding uh, precisely about the issue of abortion. I, uh, was the lead researcher of the documentary. And uh, again, it was mostly focused on the United States. What we realized that was, uh, first of all, how, how much uh, painful and how inhumane, uh, frankly, um, the whole issue of abortion was, how wrong it was, uh, the, the process which led to its legalization and the process of, of abortion itself. We thought to ourselves uh, that, well, we have made this documentary and we actually uh, showed us around, a lot of people were interested in what we had to say, was uh, really effective. Why stop here? Why just make a documentary? We could uh, we, uh, use this documentary and actually create a movement against mm -hmm. abortion. And that's exact, exactly what we did. Our documentary basically morphed into a movement. We named our movement Rescuing Dreams. And the name, or the reason why we selected this name was because you know, we believe that all children, whether uh, in the wounds of their mothers or outside, that they have the right, they deserve to be born, come to this world, have their dreams, pursue their dreams, and we cannot take it from them. So uh, we named it Rescuing Dreams. March this year, we had a huge event, the premiere of the documentary, and um, uh, we managed to bring a lot of people. Basically, the way we announced our existence uh, of this movement was 
we all gathered at Tehran's Milad Tower, which is the tallest tower in Iran. We gathered a huge crowd, hundreds of people gathered. Uh, we and we handed people helium balloons with just LED uh, lamps attached to them, and we released them into the night sky. A thousand balloons, we released them, and uh, that's to basically raise awareness of the abortion issue. So what is your background? Where are you from in Iran? How did you grow up? Just introduce yourselves a, a little bit to, to our listeners. My birthplace was in the city of Yaz. It's uh, in the center of Iran. But uh, in my childhood, uh, we actually um, we moved to England for a few years when I was a small child. And then I came back to Iran. My background, which uh, I had um, lived in England, which is part of the Western world, that meant that I could actually have a more clearer picture of um, the contrast between uh, these societies and what goes on there, what goes on here. And another thing which really helped me into this issue was um, my English was uh, relatively good. So I was relatively more informed of uh, what happens in Western society. That is one of the reasons which uh, I was really, which made me interested in the whole issue of the sexual revolution, the the new ideologies which are... um, which um, are propping up in the world in the past decades and how that affects Iran, how that affects my own society and um, how, that, how it affected Western society. That was basically my background, which brought me here. So what is the status quo in Iran regarding abortion right now? What is the, the legal status? And then uh, what would you say the status of abortion as a common practice is in the country? So legally, abortion is illegal except in cases of um, when the mother's life is in danger or when there are birth defects and uh, birth anomalies. And those are the um, exceptions, but yeah, generally abortion on demand, it is illegal. However, despite it being illegal, it is easily accessible. Um, and most like clinics do perform abortions, even though it is illegal. Uh, it's like the, the illegality isn't really enforced, uh, at least up until now, it wasn't really enforced. It was relatively easy if someone wanted to get an abortion, uh, despite it being an illegal act. And uh, unfortunately, in the past years, we have seen a a huge increase in abortions happening. It might be shocking. It was shocking when I found out that estimates say that maybe uh, right now, each year, a thousand babies are aborted daily in Iran. That is uh, one of the reasons we thought that oh, this is a huge issue. Um, we started actually researching on this issue in Iran after um, our own documentary, and we found out that the issue is really, really bad, and we had to do something about it. So yeah, it is. Uh, although generally it is a taboo, it is um, not like morally accepted. People don't see it as something good, even though most people do it. It's not like like not seen as a good thing, like most people see regarded as bad, but still it is uh, relatively, uh, unfortunately, white, widespread, and um, it has increased immensely in the past few years. Like just ten years ago, it was much much lower the numbers than it is today. So, what would happen if somebody uh, procuring an abortion or somebody committing an abortion got caught by the authorities? Would the authorities simply look the other way, or would there be some sort of punishment? I personally haven't heard of any cases um, of them of people being prosecuted because of abortion. Maybe um, the 
people who perform abortions might get in trouble. Again, I don't know any cases myself mm. uh, that uh, this has happened. It's not really, it hasn't been really enforced. I don't know if it's because the authorities are deliberately looking at the other way or if they think that it's not just a that big of an issue to go around and uh, try to stop it. But yeah, it is like, again, most of the time it's happening in uh, uh, legal clinics, in legal official clinics. You know, you come from the West and you're looking at what's going on in Iran, that there's increasingly sort of a, from what I'm hearing from you, a, a society of two tiers. There's the official tier the you know it's conservative it's it's an islam it's an islamic country but then behind closed doors people are living a very different lifestyle they're procuring an enormous number of abortions and then you come out with these these documentaries uh, to what extent can can what's going on behind closed doors be be freely discussed uh, in, in Iran, because in the West, most people's views of Iran will be shaped by books written by people who left. And so as such, most people will have certain certain conceptions or misconceptions of the country. But when you put out a, a journalistic documentary, how honest can you be? How much freedom is there to honestly discuss the issue as it is actually unfolding in real life? Are some taboos? I mean, even our own first documentary section, I mean, it was it raised a lot of controversy official legal areas of communication, even if it is not uh, mentioned there, it is uh, ex extensively talked about on more unofficial areas of communication, like on the internet, it is basically, um, it is really discussed, it is uh, really talked about, especially when it comes to um, media channels, which are based outside of Iran. These are one of the main forces which are pushing uh, this uh, cultural shift and uh, lifestyle shift in Iran are these uh, channels and um, media institutions which are based outside of Iran. I'm not sure the number, but there are as much as TV channels based outside of Iran targeting Iranian audiences as there are inside of Iran. And lost, a lot of times these are, are funded by uh, government institutions. Many Western governments are actually uh, funding these uh, uh, communication uh, networks and trying to push these changes. Um, so yeah, it is mentioned, it is talked about in more unofficial um, areas, but even in official areas, these are uh, talked about. And uh, yes, it might be like more of an issue of uh, legality, it's an issue of taboos, these things being mentioned, but they are being mentioned more and more. The concept of abortion being a human right, a woman's right, uh, these are being pushed, again, mostly from uh, unofficial channels or outside, channels outside of Iran. Uh, but these are being issued, uh, talked about. And uh, we thought that, okay, and one of the reasons we made Sex Tsunami, in my opinion, is because um, the people who are uh, on the left, uh, ideologically pro-sexual uh, revolution, they are talking about these. these they are they're spreading these ideas, they are talking about and propagating their beliefs. So it's time that we also uh, start uh, a conversation about this. And we also start um, uh, illuminating these issues from our own perspective. So what was the subject of, of the documentary that, that you made? So you referred to the documentary Sex Tsunami. What did you discuss in that documentary? What was the, what, and what did you bring to the screen? Well, it was a history of the sexual revolution. We actually get, got in touch with a, a former porn actress in the United States. We based our documentary to be 
on uh, the life and the diaries of um, of her, of uh, that former porn actress who uh, quit porn and actually changed her life. So yeah, the documentary was um, advertised as the memoirs of a porn star. It just um, gave a history of um, the sexual revolution of the West from how um, uh, Western society was very much conservative before the 60s, how um, like uh, we had the, you know, the Hays Code or how there were laws on what can, could or couldn't be shown on TV, on uh, cinemas, or, or even mm, how um, the strict laws that used to exist when it came to um, clothing uh, on the beaches or on the streets. We show how things started to change in the 60s and 50s and 60s, starting with uh, the Kinsey Report. We focused a lot on the Kinsey Report how it changed public perceptions towards sex. And from that moment on, uh, there was a lot of taboos became broken, a lot of laws uh, were disestablished, and uh, society basically took this idea that uh, there is no reason to constrict and restrain sex uh, based on any arbitrary reason. The concept of free sex um, spread and became the norm. What happened next was, of course, things like abortion, things like STDs. And uh, we, we move forward in history, the AIDS pandemic and what happens in what's happening in the Western, Western and American society today, the epidemic of uh, fatherless children and how much their lives are affected from the sexual, revolu sexual revolution and the dissolution of family, uh, the issue of abortion, the issue of uh, porn addiction and things like this. So would you say that the documentary is perceived by people as anti-Western or very specifically anti the sexual revolution? Some people might say think it's anti-Western, but we uh, specifically try to portray it as anti-sexual revolution. And we try to make it clear that uh, Western society used to be very conservative. They used to have um, laws based on religion, uh, which... Um, which uh, in many cases weren't different from what what existed in conservative society like Iran. They went through a transformation. And what we're seeing in the West today is the result of that transformation which happened in the 60s, which, um, the, uh, which was spearheaded by people and pushed by people like uh, Kinsey, like uh, Hugh Hefner, and uh, people like that. When you bring up the subject of abortion, what is people's general reaction? <clears throat> because it sounds like uh, from your description, it's it's a taboo subject. It is illegal. At the same time, the number of abortions taking place, the numbers you've cited are far higher than I would have estimated, and they're far higher even than we have here in Canada. So what are people's reactions when you begin to talk about abortion? And, and from which angle do you approach it? Most people see it as something bad, something um, wrong. Um, but... A lot, at the same time, some people see it as a uh, necessary evil. Like, even though it's bad, it's like a necessary evil. Some people see it, or maybe they think it isn't that bad. Um, the thing is that a lot of people are not really aware of uh, how valuable uh, the life of an unborn, unborn child is. And many people don't think that it is a, especially in the first few months, that it's, it is a actual human being. Uh, there's a lot of misconception. Uh, one of them is because uh, well, one of the differences in Islamic theology and um, Christian theology, the most the uh, general 
view in Islamic uh, law is that installment doesn't happen up until I think four months into the pregnancy. Although there are other views as well. Some may say that uh, it is installment does happen at conception. Um, this has led to a lot of people thinking that oh, it's not a lot actual life before four, four months. Even though Islamic law um, explicitly <clears throat> says it is a sin, it is uh, forbidden, but some people think that it's not a major sin. or they, they, Some people don't even think, it, no, it is a sin. I remember one time we actually talked uh, to a group of women and they were like extremely religious women, were, like with full-on hijab and chadors. And we asked that group, okay, when is uh, abortion uh, religious allowed. Most of them said that it's allowed before four months, and we told them no, it is a sin, it is not allowed before four months. And a lot of people just don't know that. One of the main things that we think we should raise awareness about is that it is not okay, it is a sin, it is religiously, it is a sin, it is a life. Um, the fetus has a heartbeat, it is a living being, it is a living creature, and its life is valuable. That is the thing I think, I believe that. Uh, the first thing we should work on is raise awareness on the um, value of the unborn child. Maybe I have this wrong, but I've had a lot of discussions um, about abortion with Muslims, and I find that we agree with them except for a 40-day cutoff. They'll, they'll always say that abortion is a sin after 40 days, even if, if they believe insolment doesn't take place until four months. And so so we agree with them almost entirely. And when we're talking about laws, etc., it means that we consider ourselves to be fellow travelers with them. Um, for quite a long ways. Would you say that that's um, also the situation in Iran, the 40-day um, um, cutoff, or is that something that's particular uh, particular to different Islamic groups and sects? I've never heard of the 40-day cutoff. From what I know, it is uh, illegal from conception. Actually, this is uh, the first time I'm hearing about uh, a 40-day 40, 40 cutoff. I, it may be different in other Islamic sects, but uh, from what I, what I know, it is a sin uh, in any stage. So you have these documentaries that talk about the sexual revolution. When you're approaching the issue of abortion, you're focusing on the humanity of the preborn child. You're essentially introducing people to to the child. Do you do any focus on on the barbaric nature of abortion, which is an act of violence that targets that child? We actually do. Both uh, Sex Tsunami and Bleeding, uh, our documentaries, both um, we show the process of abortion uh, in Sex Tsunami, we actually showed the clips of uh, Dr. Dr. Nathanson. I think you should be aware mm. of uh, the yes. videos he released. But also in Bleeding, we uh, showed clips of how the process of uh, abortion, how uh, the baby is uh, ripped to pieces, how violent and how painful the process is, including um, ultrasound, uh, how the baby reacts and how it's struggling to... Uh, move away from abortion. We actually showed the clip from uh, the movie Unplanned uh, okay. by Abby Johnson. Yeah. Yes, yes. And yeah, we, we th- that, that's actually one of the most um, touching and one of the most effective parts of our documentaries, which really affects the audience, is uh, those clips. What are your plans for doing pro life work in, in Iran going forward? A lot of people uh, have come forward. Uh, they share, uh, after our documentary, after our event, a lot of people have come forward. They said, Oh, I was planning to have an abortion, but uh, after uh, I've seen your documentary or heard of your movement, 
I've changed my mind. We've had a lot of feedback from this uh, viewpoint, but a lot of people have come forward and said, oh, we want to join your movement. We want to help you. Our main uh, things we're planning on is having showing a documentary to various groups of people, people who are planning to have abortions, uh, people in general. Uh, we want, uh, we're having talks to have it uh, shown in universities and for university students, one of them, our main tools, but we're also planning to, again, raise awareness. We want to um, go forward and uh, find people who are planning to have abortions, uh, to talk to them, to give them consultations, try to help them uh, if we can, uh, if uh, the issue is um, if they need uh, emotional support, we'll give them. If they, uh, we try to like um, gather our various groups, charity groups, if they are in need of uh, material support, if they need a job uh, or other things, we try to uh, create networks, not exactly do it ourselves, but create networks to connect these people to pe uh, people who could help them. Well, Mohammed, thank you so much for taking the time to share your work with us. Thank you for having me and happy helping us spread our message. Again, our movement's name is uh, Rescuing Dreams. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, Rescuing Dreams International. Now, I just wanted to point out that we actually are working with uh, various groups outside of Iran. Uh, we're trying to morph this group into a more international movement. We have actually uh, we inspired a similar movement in Kenya. Uh, they also had a balloons event in Kenya and also in India. They uh, people were inspired to release balloons uh, in support of unborn, abortion, unborn children. And uh, we hope to connect, be able to connect, create a more powerful network of pro-life groups, especially since we've seen uh, that there is a um, I say vacuum of um, connections between groups and Christian groups and Muslim groups, we think that it would be very helpful if we could connect these two groups and create a more unified front globally to uh, fight for unborn lives. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my conversation with an Iranian pro-life activist on the work that they are doing in that country. He is a representative of Rescuing Dreams International and works to expose the reality of abortion to the public there. If you want to check out other interviews, past interviews, or subscribe to future interviews, please head over to LifeSiteNews.com, click on the podcast tab. You can find the Van Maren Show there, and you can listen to our show wherever you get your content. Once again, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week.